In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. As we kick off the new year, so many people have goals and set adventure intentions, or maybe some fresh energy to kick off the new year. And while we had all of those things, our New Year's did not kick off in any way, shape, or form according to the plan. You may have noticed that I did not publish an episode last week, and I decided that the lessons learned from this experience were really in alignment with the message of this podcast. So I'm sharing a little bit about our experience and telling the story of the power of community and lessons learned through adversity. A couple weeks before Christmas, our family realized we didn't really have any set holiday plans. The family was kind of scattered about and we weren't getting together over the holidays. And so I decided, you know, we might have an opportunity to do something with that. And we decided to take our RV and go down south. We have family that had just purchased some land and a house in New Mexico. And we thought, well, let's go visit. We'll take our time. We'll do some untouristy things, kind of lay low do some hiking, just adventurous things and explore New Mexico. And it was delightful. We left on the 23rd. We took our time. Well, we didn't really take our time driving. We got there quick because <laughs> we wanted to see some cousins that were going to be there for a couple of days. And we got in on Christmas night. We had dinner. It was glorious. We parked at an RV park from, so let's see, Christmas was Saturday, I believe, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I worked that time. And we also got together and would hike. We saw some slot canyons and some petroglyphs and discovered really new and cool things in the area. We decided to head home on about Wednesday night. We left out of that area, which was southwest New Mexico, and decided to stay in, well, we stayed in northern New Mexico first and then into Texas on Thursday night. And as we were leaving on Friday morning, the place that we were staying in Texas was the Palo Duro Canyon. It's a state park. So again, big shout out to all those brown signs. We had a great time. Palo Duro Canyon is the second largest canyon in the United States. I had never heard of it before until I started researching this. They have really awesome hiking and biking trails. They have what's called the Lighthouse Rock, rock formation that's really well known. And it was the perfect spot for us because they had some campsites and we had hookups. It was not overly warm in Texas. So don't just assume because you go south, you're going to get warm weather. But it was delightful. The neighbors next door had a bunch of kids. Our kids got to play. It was delightful. On Friday, December 31st, we decided to take a hike. We came back, got breakfast, packed up the camper. And my husband was going to park the camper over by where that lighthouse was. So he's going to go further into the trail system and park the RV over there. The kids and I, the other three kids and I, decided we were going to take our bike. We were going to take a easier trail just to kind of get our pedals underneath us. My daughter and I had both gotten a new bike for, not really for Christmas. We actually got it before Christmas, but the bike was my daughter's early birthday present. And we hadn't really used them on the trip. So we wanted to get our 
bike's moving. My son is really into technical mountain biking, loves it. So he was really jacked up and excited to do it. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And like I said, we had just kind of kicked off our trail. We were going to do this easy ride. And we came upon the first part was kind of just easy. It was like a sandy area. And my daughter is a little bit more timid. And so she actually took the lead. And my older son was right behind her kind of coaching her through the process of like where on the trail she should aim for and should she get her speed for this part? Should she shift up or down? And so it was really nice because he was kind of coaching her through. There was this one spot that I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, where the trail just turned from the normal like sandy brown to this almost like red clay. And I was like, this is Texas. (laughs) This is mountain biking. Like I was all excited. You cross over this wooden bridge and there's this S curve that goes up a hill. Hard to say mountain. It goes up a hill. But it was enough that my three kids got off their bikes and walked up the hill And as they were making the curve to go down, my oldest thought, well, I'll take the lead because he could get a sense of it and how comfortable he was and he could coach the other two kids. And I was in the back. He goes down, no big deal. My younger son decides to follow. He goes down a little too fast and hits his front brake. So you might imagine what happens if you know bikes. He kind of flips over the front bars. He's okay. He jumps up. He's good. He kind of gets into the waiting area on the flat trail. And my daughter goes and my daughter is, you know, learning from her two brothers ahead of her. So she goes nice and slow. She takes this hairpin curve and all of a sudden I hear ah, a scream and a splash. And I'm thinking, what on earth? And I can't see her, but I can see my two boys who were on the trail go running. Like there's no words. There's no like, oh, you're fine. They go running. I freakishly get down the hill. And I hear my daughter say, I think I broke my arm. And I come up to my daughter in this river with my son jumping in to grab her bike. And my daughter is kind of covered in mud, but her arms are, for lack of a better word, dangling. Now, there's nothing that I can see. There's no blood. It's just scary. What had happened, or at least what we think happened, is she simply just overcompensated or took the turn too wide and then got in the deep grass and couldn't really get back on the trail. And parallel to the trail was about a five foot drop. And this river, it was more like a stream. It was not deep. It was definitely over her shins, maybe up to her knees, maybe over her knees. It wasn't necessarily deep, but it was cold. And she's in a lot of pain. And she's scared. And between my oldest son and I, he was able to kind of squat down and she could stand on his knees. And I was able to grab her from under her armpits and get her out of the river. And that's kind of when the story unfolds really is a series of generous people coming into our life, helping us out through some pretty scary times. Within a minute or so of us getting her out of the river and my son getting her bike out of the river and then getting himself out and kind of figuring out what hurts, realizing we need to go find my husband somehow, a couple comes up on their bikes and they were coming from the direction that we were going and you could tell they were bikers, that they had been, you know, on the trail, they had the gear, they... You could just tell, let's just say that. And so they immediately were like, how can we help? What can we do? 
the man in that partnership decided to go with my oldest son to go find my husband. My husband was literally like gloved up dumping the RV when they came upon him. So it was just kind of like, seriously, what happened? My husband didn't really have any context. Nobody really had any context as to how severe this was or what had actually happened, right? Because nobody really saw it. We couldn't quite process anything. I stayed back with my daughter and the female in this partnership, just talking through bike accidents, trying to get my daughter calm, trying to focus on like, we're going to get you help, all those things. So that's kind of our first community interaction with people in the adventurous community. I have said time and time again, they show up. The second person in this story is a single woman who kind of happens upon us. She's hiking down the same trail that we just biked down from that hill, that S-curve. And she said, this doesn't look good. I have all of the park rangers numbers. I have EMT numbers. My sons are adventure riders. I've seen accidents. How can I help? I have a trauma kit in my car. You know, so she was the one that I realized like, oh, okay, she's been here. And I think immediately she said, okay, mom, how are you? And I was like, wow, how am I? I don't even know how I am right now. I'm okay, I think. I don't know. I'm just like processing. What do I do next? And, you know, then my husband comes back with his man and my son and we're trying to figure out like, where can we park the RV? How can we get her? Where are we taking her? And my husband doesn't really have any context as to what's happening and while we're sitting there, this mom, this was, you know, well-versed in trauma. And I believe she was a trauma nurse. Like, that's what I've been saying. I don't know if I made that up or if she actually told me that. But she kind of said, I think you should take her to the ER. It looks like she's got some modeling in her right hand. And you should probably just make sure you get that checked out. And my husband, again, he wasn't there for any of this. So he's like, okay, let's go. Like, we're just going to go get some ice packs. And yeah. And I like pulled my husband aside. I was like, no, we're going to the ER. He's like, Heidi, you're overreacting. And I was like, that lady just thought she might have broken arms. I don't think I really, and she's in so much pain. Like, I'm not messing around. We're going to the ER. I'm not going to talk a lot about the ER experience because it was not pleasant. Uh, my daughter waited for an extremely long time in a lot of pain. She was wet and cold, and it could have been handled, in my opinion, so much better. But I'm not going to be critical of healthcare systems because I don't understand their process, their story. We were in a smaller town in some ways, so I know they were overwhelmed, and there were a million people walking into this ER. I was just frustrated that everyone seemed to get in before we did. So all in all, the first ER, they took some x-rays. They gave her some pain medication. It's now like seven o'clock at night. She hasn't had anything to eat. So she passes out. You know, she goes on monitors. Like there's a lot of things that are happening. But eventually what happened is she had to get splinted and we needed to be transported to the Children's Hospital in Lubbock, Texas, it was about two hours away. And she would need to have surgery on her left arm. I didn't know exactly what it all happened, but I did know that she had two broken wrists. I didn't know the severity. I didn't know much about it. I never saw the x-rays for the wrists. And the only reason I knew that the elbow was pretty complicated was because I could overhear the ER doctor talking to the, the orthopedic specialist about the x-ray. I eventually asked the x-ray tech if I could take a picture of it so I could see it and know what was going on. I didn't call family at this point because I didn't know really what was happening. And we were told we were going to be transported, splinted, transported via ambulance to this children's UMC in Lubbock. 
And again, we didn't really know what was next. So in the end, there was no ambulances available. So we ended up transporting her and that ended up being a blessing. My daughter did need emergency surgery on her left elbow to put some wires in and kind of, it was pretty complex. She actually broke two bones in her elbow. She broke both wrists and several of them are through the growth plate. So there is quite a bit of technicality involved, let's just say. And because of how the wrists were fractured, any movement of the elbow or those muscles actually could pull those bones out of place again. So they did what's called a closed reduction. And that required casts on both arms above the elbow. This is where I started to go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I I started telling people and now I'm like, people are like, what do you need? I don't know. I don't know what we need. I don't know. But what I do know is that the moment this accident happened, even before, so I told you about the two people on the trail, even before my husband showed up to pick us up on the RV, we walked up the hill essentially to where we could get the RV on the road and people were stopping left and right, right? They're offering water and ice packs and can I call someone and do you need a ride somewhere? That continued, right? But now it continued virtually while we were in the hospital. My husband and two boys this entire time, even during the ER visit, And once we got to Lubbock, they were in the RV in the parking lot. And thankfully, you know, that's almost a blessing, too, because they weren't in the hospital room. There's really not a lot of excitement for kids in the hospital room. There's just a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety happening. You know, things kind of you hurry up and wait a lot. So we thought we were going to be scheduled first thing New Year's Day for surgery. And there were a lot of trauma patients that came in. And so she kept getting bumped. And we thought, okay, we'll bring the boys in and we'll get some breakfast. Well, she can't eat breakfast. She can't eat anything until after surgery. So there were a lot of things that we just weren't really sure what to do. And so having the dog in the RV and the boys with my husband was kind of a blessing. It turned out that the Children's Hospital has RV hookups. And there was a special spot for the RV to park. We actually got called over the loudspeaker with the owner of such and such RV with a Wisconsin license plate. And we're like, oh, God, we're getting towed. <laughs> Surgery goes well. Uh, discharge happens the next day. And one of the things that was going to happen along the way is we have some friends of friends, right? So we've been building this network, this a community of people who love to adventure. And about, I'll say, like maybe four years ago, It's probably longer than that, probably six years ago. I was at a wedding, a family wedding, and I met Hans and Christine. And Hans and Christine live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and they were very close friends to the family that I'm related to who was getting married. And my connection to Hans and Christine was that when I went to the wedding, I went solo, and they picked me up from the airport. And we had a 30-minute drive and this fabulous conversation. So the only reason I had Hans and Christine's phone number in my cell phone was because in case I needed help or in case they didn't come to the airport, I could get in touch with them. All along, you know, as we were making our plans leading up until Christmas, a couple days before we left, I just texted them and said, hey, it looks like we might be going through Stillwater, Oklahoma. I don't think we're really going to be able to stop, but it would be fun for a quick, you know, meet up, stretch your legs kind of visit if it works for your schedule. I didn't really think much about it, but it turned out that New Year's Eve, it was going to work to meet up. So immediately after my daughter's accident, I text Hans and said, my daughter's been in a biking accident. I don't think we're going to make it tonight. We're on the way to the ER. What I didn't realize is that Hans had also messaged 
our mutual connection, which was family. And I had them kind of saying, we're so sorry to hear about LMA's accident. You know, I had so many prayers and thoughts and well wishes coming at me in a lot of different directions. And when you're in these moments of adversity, it's unpredictable. The emotions come in waves. There's times when you realize you don't really know what you need, but you don't feel equipped for this moment. And you start to question, you know, should we have even done that? Or, you know, my daughter was walking her bike. Why didn't we walk it down? You know, like you start to have all these doubts and these questions, and it can be a very lonely, discouraging, frustrating time. But my daughter had this way about her. In the times when I was really doubting things and really sorry and very regretful, my daughter changed that tune really quick. For example, one of the questions I asked her before we went into surgery, this is my daughter's second accident on a bike. The first one obviously wasn't this critical. And if you remember Facing Fear episode, I'll link it in the show notes, she was also the one that had to be rescued off of a ski lift. So we don't necessarily have like this amazing portfolio of adventure experiences with her. So I just thought, gosh, she's never going to want to do this again. Like her biking days are over. So I'm going to have to figure out something else to do with my daughter. And I had made all of these assumptions about her future. I had made everything from like her care to what she would be able to do long term or what we were going to do this winter. Are we still going to take spring break? You know, you start to question all this. But at one point I looked at her and said, you know, LMA, if you want, we can just sell your bike. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And she just looked at me and she goes, what? Mom, I just don't want to ride it today. And I kind of chuckled. I was like, here was this girl with two broken arms. And I was like, I still want to get on my bike. Like, I just don't want to ride it today. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, I don't want to ride today either. Like, I don't know when I'm ready to ride my bike. So the resilience and the spirit that you have, the mental fortitude that you bring to a situation, I think really has an impact on your outcomes. I remember when the surgeon came in, he was talking with us and saying, you know, like, this is a pretty complicated surgery. This is not an elbow fracture that we see regularly. It's also through the growth plate. So we have to be really careful about the hardware we put in and how we fix it. And, you know, there's a lot of things. So he's he's explaining it to me. He's drawing pictures on the board. The nursing, the charge nurse is there with us during this process. And he looks at my daughter and he says, do you have any questions? And one of the things I will say, and I love about children's hospitals or my experience thus far, is that they've always included my kids in the process. And we've had a lot of say. And that was, again, they looked at my daughter and said, do you have any questions about you know, the surgery or anything that you're thinking about? And my daughter goes, have you ever seen the movie Rookie of the Year? And she was serious. And I'm thinking, that is such an inappropriate question right now. But you know what? I think we need this question. You know, the surgeon didn't really get it, I don't think, but the charge nurse did. And she's like, oh, yeah, remember when Henry breaks his arm and he's got it like up in the air and everyone goes, hi, Henry. <laughs> she goes, is that the kind of cast I'm going to have? <laughs> I just, again, she just showed me that amidst this kind of scary conversation that the approach that you have and the mental fortitude really can just break the tension and this happened over and over and over again. And we had some amazing nurses when LMA was really working through some difficult, painful moments during x-ray. We had a nurse come in and just talk Harry Potter with her. And that nurse was supposed to go home and she saw my daughter and she took off her backpack and she went to her bedside and just started talking about Harry Potter stories. And 
my daughter instantly calmed down and it was amazing to see that magic happen in those moments. So the power of connection and community and people having empathy during times of adversity continues to show itself over and over again. So I need to come back to Hans and Christine. I text Hans and Christine and my family members and said, I don't know when we're getting discharged. It looks like it's at this time, but we have to run a bunch of errands. You know, we have to find clothes for my daughter to wear. We need to somehow figure out how she's going to prop up during bedtime and how we're going to ride comfortably for the next 20 hours, the two to three days that it's going to take to get home. Because remember, we're from Wisconsin and this happens in Texas. And I said, I'm not sure if we're going to stay tonight. And if we do, it's going to be late. So I totally understand. Please be honest. And my cousin texted me back and said, please stop at Hans and Christine's no matter what time. Their love and care and compassion is like any other. And I think it would be worthwhile. And I took that and was, again, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to receive this generosity. But we did pull in at 1030. And Hans came out to meet us at the end of the driveway. He took my daughter in. My boys were sleeping. And I came in and my daughter was being treated to milk and cookies. And I just realized, like, this is... This is a little bit of the magic of connection that happens and how people can show up when they experience what it's like in the arena. When they know that you're in a rough spot, they don't doubt you. They don't question you. They open their arms and they want to help you. And that night was a really hard night. The first night after we got discharged, um, my daughter had a really hard time sleeping and she simply asked, like, how am I possibly going to do this for six weeks? She was having a lot of pain and she just was uncomfortable. And the next morning was rough, too. You know, we just we weren't in a groove yet and we were just coming down of all the things. And at the meantime, I still have two boys. And so they were generous enough to take my boys and go do something fun with them. So this wasn't like a horrible, miserable experience for the next however many hours. It was fun. And they offered us things that we didn't even think about. You know, they were like making popcorn and breakfast and filling water bottles and, you know, finding ice packs for, you know, like everything that I wasn't ready for or getting us hair ties so I could do my daughter's hair. They were just so thoughtful and generous. And I think sometimes, at least I do, I'll speak for myself. I have a really hard time asking for help and then accepting it. And what Hans and Christine taught me was that when you are in the arena, when you are feeling broken and dirty and marred, you know, this is the Teddy Roosevelt quote, when you're in there, it can feel very lonely. And there can be a lot of critics saying a lot of things. And that might have happened, but I wasn't hearing them. What I was hearing and seeing was the love and compassion and care that were given to me. And also like, mom, you've got this. Like, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Like, your daughter is amazing. And I think everybody has been inspired by my daughter's spirit in a way that, you know, I don't want to say that this was a blessing, but this has opened our eyes to so many things that we were worried about, that we feared, that maybe kept us comfortable. Now, I'm not saying go break your arms. It's not at all what I'm trying to say. But, you know, sometimes we are afraid to adventure because we're afraid we'll get hurt. Or we're afraid that that worst case scenario could happen. And again and again and again, even when that case scenario happens, 
I see a different side. I see the power of community coming together and people offering to help, the people like literally running to our rescue over and over and over again. And it's been a week, it's been a couple weeks, and it's not easy by any means, but your attitude and how you approach it can be really powerful. As I started to figure out like, okay, here are some things I need to figure out. I didn't really need to ask for help anymore. I just needed recommendations. I needed people to crowdsource like, okay, we're not going to be able to take a bath because she can't have, well, she can, but it's really uncomfortable to have your arms above your chest and take a bath. So I was like, anybody have ideas of like how we could wash her hair? And we thought about like, okay, what are salons locally that we might be able to go to? And then feeding was an issue. We were joking because I actually mistyped a message to a friend of mine saying, you know, good vibes, da, 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 da. And I actually said good bibs. And I was like, whoops, typo. And I was reading every single message that came in, every single meme that has been sent to us. And there's one friend that sends a funny meme every single day for LMA. It is so awesome. As I said, you know, I was reading her this message that said, good bib. She's like, actually, I could use a bib. Have you seen me eat? It's a mess. You know, (laughs) that spirit, that, that humor is still there. She's so witty. Those things have really just been amazing to hear. And people go, okay, mom, how about you? What do you need? I'm like, I don't know what I need. How about some smoothie recipes? Or, you know, someone offered to send us food through like a meal service. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I really need that. So far, we're doing just fine. It's just, we're just getting by, right? The reason I'm telling this story is that I can't tell you how many times now, though, I have been in the arena. And I say in the arena because this is where I think... It's so easy to sit in the cheap seats and to stay back and to say, oh, you know, I'm thinking of you and just throw those words at the people in our life or good luck with that. Whatever those words are, nobody said that. But I'm just saying, you know, like when you have these adventure goals or you have a vision of what your future looks like and they don't always go according to plan, it's really easy for people to look down on you. And what I really needed in this moment were people that were there, people that could see me, that saw the vision of our future, that embraced the fact that I was actually biking with my daughter, that, you know, regardless of what the outcome was, they were there to support me. And I don't think there's a lot of communities where I see that level of support. You know, our world could use a little bit more care and compassion and support. And so I've decided as I've mentioned earlier, as we kick off 2022, if you're someone, you know, an adventure family, or you have some adventurous goals that you want to reach, and it's not always, you know, your friends and family aren't always envisioning the same future you have for yourself, and you're feeling kind of like, ah, I could use a community. I could use a group of people just to be there with me, or people who have done this and can support me, or I've been there and I can offer support to someone else. Those are the type of people we want in the arena. Imagine you're Kevin Costner and you have this vision for Field of Dreams, but nobody else can see the players. And you're like, I'm watching history unfold and this is amazing. And you have this big thing, but nobody can see the players except you. But yet then, you know, when the miracle actually happens and they can see the players, they're like, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, like then they're on board. There's a time frame where it's a struggle. I want to be with you through the struggle. So if that's of interest to you, head to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash arena. It's a community designed to really help people through their adventure goals. It's just forming. There's a lot of things that will be custom designed based on these early 
founder members, participants, whatever we call ourselves in the future, I'll be reaching out to everyone that does sign up. So again, ordinarysherpa.com backslash arena. It just puts you on a wait list and it gets you into a queue. So I know you're interested and it's a way for me to follow up with you. I won't be spamming you. You can opt out at any time. It's just a way to connect and say, yeah, I'm interested in being in the arena. If that's not your thing, if you want to send good vibes our way, if you want to do something to help Ordinary Sherpa, the best way to do that is actually to leave a written review. If you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review, leave your thoughts there, leave your message, which episode was your favorite, anything you really like or take away from the show that's helped your family be more adventurous or overcome some mental challenges, approaching adventure, any of those things, those little messages, first of all, are inspiring and I love reading them. And second of all, it helps other people see what this show is really about. Sometimes people read the reviews more than they even look at the episodes. And so those reviews really help bring credibility for the show and it helps Ordinary Sherpa grow and reach more people. So that would be my New Year's ask for you. Until then, keep on adventuring. I look forward to talking again with you next week. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.